Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Very excited, Genesis one. Um, I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna jump right into it because I got so much to cover. I have so many notes; it's ridiculous. Um, so I spent this first por- portion of my morning just like, okay, I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna talk about this. I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna talk about this because there's not enough time, Doug. I don't have enough time. Y'all need to give me like an hour and a half, two hours, and, and we can really break it down. But I'm gonna pray, and we're gonna get into it. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your morning, Lord God, Father. I want to thank you, Father, that as, as, as we are going to be talking about your creation this morning, Lord God, that we will we would walk out our doors and we would appreciate what you created, Lord God, Father. And I pray, Father, that we won't lose sight of exactly how powerful, how amazing you are in our lives, Father. So, Father, I pray that you would be with us during this time. Father, it would be your, I pray that you would be, be your words that are heard, not mine, Father, that I would fade to the background, Lord God, that you would, would continue to reveal new things to each and every one of us. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. Let's stretch and let's get into it. Genesis 1, and we're reading from the New King James Version. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then thus God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament from the waters from which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so that evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament in the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let there be for signs and seasons and for, and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which 
the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, the waters and the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth bring forth every living creature according to his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you. It shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food and it was so. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Amen. Amen. Whew. That was a whole lot, but we're going to get right into it, guys. Verse one, God created. This, this statement of God created is going to be detailed in the following verses, as we just read, but the, but the Bible is just simply and straightforwardly declaring that the world did not create itself. The world did not come about by chance. It was created by God who by definition is eternal and has always been eternal. And it's sometimes tough for people to wrap their, their minds around the eternality of God. Like God has always been because we are very finite creatures. We have a beginning. We have an end. God created us one, you know, we were born. We're going to die. Okay, we it's very simple, but God has always been. Okay. And so don't don't get so wrapped up in that because you know, you're gonna you're gonna question so many things. But so so but that's something we need to believe that God was eternal and that God created. And if you can believe Genesis 1:1, then you really should have no problem believing the rest of the Bible. See, the, the, the God that was big enough to have created the heavens and the earth is big enough to do all the other things that the Bible says, right? I mean, creating the heavens and the earth, that's a pretty big deal, you know? So all the other the stories in the Bible that we read, if we can believe Genesis 1-1, we can believe everything else. So it says God. Who is God? What is God? All right? The ancient Hebrew word here is Elohim. Right. And and uh, there was a, a rabbi in the second century who was around acting. He was active after the, des the destruction of the, the temple in 70 A.D. He's, he was quoted as saying, come and see the mystery of the word Elohim. There are three degrees and each degree by itself alone. And yet notwithstanding, they are all one and joined together in one and are not divided from each other. Right. So God and I'm going to talk about it here in a second, even. And back in the day, back in the beginning, before everything, God was God and God was three persons. There was a God, the Father, the God, the Son, and the God, the Holy Spirit. He's always been three. 
So when it says God created the heavens, the simple fact of God's creation is, is even more amazing when we consider the, the greatness of God's universe. All right. So did some research. Okay. Our galaxy contains 200 billion stars, 200 billion stars. And our galaxy is shaped like a, a giant spiral rotating in space. Uh, arms are reaching out like a pinwheel. Our sun is one star on one arm of that pinwheel, right? And it would take 250 million years for that pinwheel to make one full rotation around. Now, try to fathom how big this galaxy is that we live in. All right, 250 million years for, for you know, one arm to make a full rotation. But this is only one galaxy, all right? The Milky Way galaxy is only one galaxy. And because there are many other galaxies and many other different shapes. And the average distance between galaxies is about 20 million trillion miles. 20 million trillion miles. That's insane. The Andromeda galaxy, which is the, the closest, closest galaxy to ours, the Milky Way galaxy, is 12 million trillion miles away. And God did all this. When God said, you know, in the beginning, God, he, when he said he created the heavens and the earth, God did this with his voice. Imagine, fathom the greatness of our God. Isaiah 48, 13 says, indeed, my hand has laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand has stretched out the heavens. When I call them, they stand by together. See, God is bigger. God is greater than his creation. We in our minds try to put God in a box and try to try to uh, understand who God is with our understanding. But God is bigger than all this. God is bigger than the galaxies. God is bigger than time. All right. Isaiah 40, 12 says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. God created the heavens and the earth. And if God created the heavens and the earth, then we must forever put away the idea that anything, anything happens by chance. Nothing happens by chance. God creating the heavens and the earth was a very deliberate act by our creator. Chance, chance merely describes the, the statistical probability of something happening. Like something might happen. That could happen. No, this did happen. And God was very deliberate when he created us, created us. Chance can neither do or perform anything. Nothing happens by chance. So when, some, so when someone says the universe or anything came about by chance, one may say that despite their, their expertise or skill in an area, when it comes to this subject, they're ignorant. They're superstitious or they're, they're simply repeating a tired theory. All right. Evolution is a tired theory. It has been disproven. It doesn't make any sense, but people still hold on to it. Why? Because they refuse to acknowledge that we have a creator that created everything by a, by a word from his mouth. They refuse to acknowledge who God is. God created. God is an intellectual designer because only an intellectual designer could create the, 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 the universe. Chance could not create the universe. Our universe, brothers and sisters, is perfect. It is perfect. It's perfect in its gravitational force. See, if it was bigger, 
the stars would be too hot and burn up too quickly to support life. But if it was smaller, the stars would re remain cool and there would be no heat or no light. If our universe was, was, was larger, the stars would send out too much light. But if it was smaller, there wouldn't be enough light. The distance between stars is perfect because if, if the distance was even larger, there would be no um, gases planets or, or there would only be gaseous planets. But if it was too small, um, the orbits would be destabilized. The distance, everything is so perfect. Earth, where it sits, all right, within our solar system is perfect. If it moved, to, you know, one degree too close to the sun, we get bur burnt up. If it moved a little bit farther away, we will freeze to death. It is perfect. Earth is the only planet that is that is perfectly situated and perfectly created and perfectly designed to support life. God used no pre-existing materials to create Earth, to create the heavens. The ancient um, word for that for for created is bara, and it's very specific. It means to create out of nothing, showing that God created the world out of nothing. He didn't create it out of himself. There are some religions that when you go into their, to, to, to their stories of creation, it says, you know, this God, you know, you know, cut off part of his arm or whatever. And that was the earth, you know, and, and no, God, our God, Elohim, he created it by a word of his voice. He created it out of nothing. Men, we, men can, we cannot create in the same uh, in, in the sense of the term that's used here, okay, we can only fashion or form things out of existing materials. The closest that um, we can come to creating anything is when, is when we, we, we reproduce ourselves, when we have kids. That's the closest thing that we can, that, that we can come even, you know, infinitesimally close to creating something is when we have kids. This is perhaps one reason why Satan Satan wants to, to pervert and to destroy God's plan and standard for sexuality because we are, we, we, we are so close to what God does. And, it's, and, and us being humans, we're so deeply connected to our being since we are made in the image of God. I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes, right? God himself was before the beginning, before the beginning. All right. I've done so much study and there's so much more study to, to, to go. And it still makes no sense to me how God was before everything, before the beginning. Psalm 93, 2 says, your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. So some ask the question, where did God come from? Right. Who created God? What came before God? See, but the answer is found in the definition of God. See, God is the, the incarnate, is, is the uncreated being. God is eternal. God is without beginning. God is without end. God just is, right? And that by faith, we have to believe that God just is. Psalm 90, beginning with verse one says, Lord, you have been our dwelling places, but our dwelling place in all generations. Verse two, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Come on. You are God. That is who our God is. God is the, 
is the only infinite, eternal, and unchangeable spirit. God is the perfect being in whom all things begin, in whom all things continue, and in whom all things will end. God was in three persons before the beginning. And these persons shared a, a relationship of love and fellowship. Ephesians 1.10 says, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. God's purpose was to resolve and sum up all things in Jesus, as if Jesus himself were the answer to, to the great and complex problem that God wrote out in the beginning of time, that God wrote out in the beginning of the universe. To be before the beginning, God had, had, had a specific plan to fulfill his, his eternal purpose with many uh, different aspects revealed to us. See, the mission of Jesus was, was foreordained before the foundation of the world. You can read about that in 1 Peter 1.20. Eternal life was promised before time began, Titus 1.2. The mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the cross was foreordained before the ages, 1 Corinthians 2.7. Grace given to us was given before the world began, 2 Timothy 1.9. Believers in Jesus Christ were chosen in him before the foundation of the, earth, of the world, Ephesians 1.4. And at some time before the beginning, God created angels. And they witnessed the creation of heaven. They witnessed the creation of earth, Job 38, verse 7. Verse 2. Whew, all that. Just one verse. We're 17 minutes in. Doug, I ain't going to make it. We got too many verses. Verse two, the earth was without form and void. Some have translated um, the idea in this verse as the earth became without form and void. And their thinking is the earth was originally created with form and it became without form and void through this destructive work of Satan. Those who follow this idea look to, the, to Isaiah 45, 18. It says, for thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who framed it to be inhabited. The idea is, is God says he did not, did not create the earth in vain. I kind of, I kind of uh, fall under this. I kind of believe that. Um, and and it just, it just, just the gospel according to Jason, take it or leave it, you know, but God does not create anything that's not perfect. Sin warps a perfect creation. Right. So if God created the heavens and the earth and verse two says the earth was out form and void, that means there was chaos. Right. There was no order in place. Right. And so and it says darkness was in the face of the deep. You know, this may describe a sense of resistance to the moving of the Holy Spirit on the earth. And some speculate this was because Satan was cast down on the earth. And we can read about that in Isaiah 14, 12 and Ezekiel 28, 16. When God began to transform the earth into something beautiful and, and compatible with his great plan, he started out with the work of the Holy Spirit because the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit begins every work of creation. The first, uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon, he wrote, the first divine act in fitting up this planet for the habitation of man was for the spirit of God to move upon the face of the waters. Till that time, all was formless, empty, out of order, and in confusion. In a word, it was chaos. 
and to make it into that thing of beauty, which the world is at this present moment, even though it is a fallen world, it was needed that the movement of the spirit of God should take place upon it. So, yeah, I believe at that point, you know, when, when, uh, when Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning in the gospels, I believe that that happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And right away, Satan was trying to, to, to warp and to, to destroy and to make this perfect world something that was not so. And that's why there was chaos. That's why things were formless and void. Take it or leave it, you know, throw it away, meditate upon it, whatever. That's what I believe. Verse three says, let there be light. The first step. So there was chaos. It was formless. It was void. The first step from chaos to order is to bring light. Come on, someone needs to hear that. The first step from chaos to order is to bring light. This is the way God works in our life. If, you're, if your life is chaos right now, it's just craziness going on in your life. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. What happens when you're spending time with the Lord daily? Daily time in the word, daily time in prayer. God brings order to chaos and he may not bring order to, or to chaos in the situation, but he may bring order to chaos in your perception of what's going on around you so that things make sense. God is a powerful God. And in order to bring chaos into order, he brings light. Second Corinthians four, beginning with verse three says, but even if our gospels, our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and our, ourselves, your bondservant for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God, God did not have to fashion light with his bare hands. It was enough for God to speak, simply speak the words, light be, and there was light, because God created things by speaking them into existence. Some say that we can operate within the same principle about speaking things into existence. How many people have heard that? So you speak it into existence, just speak it out, it's going to happen. See, this is, this is based on wrong understanding of Hebrews 11.3. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It is to say, God himself used faith in creating the world. That's wrong. That is wrong theology. Because it is by faith that we understand that God created the world. Some have the wrong understanding of Mark eleven twenty two, 22, which is taken to literally mean have God's faith, as if we are to have the same faith that God has. But the words, when it says, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God cannot mean this. Because faith, as Hebrews 11, 1 tells us, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What does God hope for? What does God not see? An omnipotent, omniscient being does not need faith. Because he is the object of faith, as well as the source of our faith. Come on, Ephesians 2 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of 
God. Come on, that's something powerful for us to hold on to. Genesis tells us that light, day, and night each existed before the sun and the moon were created on the fourth day. So that the sun, the moon, the stars were created way after light was created. This shows us that light is more than just a physical substance. Light has a supernatural aspect. In the new heavens and the new earth that we read about in Revelations 22.5, there won't be any sun. There won't be any moon because God himself will be our light. God will be our light. Okay, we're going to... But we're going to skip a whole bunch of verses, guys. We're going to go all the way to verse 26. It's a very familiar verse. Ladies, you guys know this verse. It says, let us make man in our image, in our image, imago Dei. The repeated use during this portion of scripture where it says, let us, in our image, our likeness is consistent with the idea that there is one God in three persons, that there is a trinity. An understanding of who man is begins with knowing we are made in the image of God. Man is different from every other order of created being because he has a create uh, he, he has a creation consistent with God. This is is an unbridgeable gap between human and animal life. Though we are similar to certain animals, we are distinct in our moral, our intellectual, and spiritual capabilities. There is also an unbridgeable gap between human and angelic life. We're told that the angels are made in, nowhere are we told that the angels are made in the image of God. And angels cannot have the same kind of relationship of love and fellowship with God that we can. This means that the incarnation was truly possible. Jesus coming and becoming man was truly possible. God in the second person of the Trinity could really become Man, although deity and, and, and humanity are not the same, they are compatible. This means that all human life is of intrinsic value because all human life is made in the image of God. So there are at least three aspects of this idea that we, uh, of us being made in the image of God. It means that humans possess personality. We possess knowledge, feelings, and will. This sets us apart from all animals and all plants. It means humans, we, we possess morality. We are able to make moral judgments and we have, we have a conscience. It means humans possess spirituality. You know, man, we are made for communion with God. And it is, it is on the level of, of, a, of our spirit that we can communicate with God. This does that not mean that God has a physical body, though. Because John 4, 24 tells us that God is spirit. And when it talks about in our image and in our likeness, the terms for image and likeness are, are, are slightly different. Image has to do with appearance, while likeness has to do with, with a, an abstract similarity. We have, you know, we're, we're like in certain different ways. But they both essentially mean the same thing here in this context. And he said, let them have dominion. Before God ever created man, he decreed that man would have dominion over the earth. Man's ability to, to affect his environment is no accident. It is part of God's plan for man and the earth. In this sense, it's, it's a sin if man does not use his dominion responsibly. And we see in our, in our world how man has not used his dominion responsibly, 
how we've destroyed the world, how we've destroyed each other. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. God created man fully formed and in one day. He didn't create man gradually over, over millions and millions of years. The idea that a, a, a slow progressive evolution could produce a complex mechanism like the human body just doesn't add up. The human body, the way, the way we move, the way we're formed, the way we operate, you know, chance could not make this happen. God was an, inten an intentional intellectual designer and he created us in one day. Male and female, he created them. This does not mean that Adam was some type of androgynous being that he was both male and female. This passage of Genesis gives us an overview of God's creation of man. And Genesis 2 is going to go into more detail of how he created man and woman. See, men are not women. Women are not men. I'm sorry if I'm going to step on some toes. If, if some of you guys, you know, you, you guys are kind of on the, on the fence of what you believe as far as this whole, you know, transgender issue. I'm sorry. But men are not women. Women are not men. One of the saddest signs of our culture's depravity is the amount and the degree of gender confusion today. It is vain to wonder if men or women are superior to each other. See, man is absolutely superior at being a man. And woman is absolutely superior at being a woman. When man tries to be a woman or a woman tries to be a man, you now have something that is inferior to both. God created them separate. And whatever you were created as, that's what you are. But the enemy is, has, has taken root in our society, right? And with the, the thing that he has tried to do, and he's been very, very successful, is trying to change people's perception of creation and of what God did as if God made a mistake, as, a, as if God made a oops, you know, as if, as if God was like, oh my me, he was supposed to be a she. That's not what happened. But the enemy comes and he perverts creation. Because let me tell you, the enemy hates us. He hates humanity because we, unlike him, were created in the image of him, in the image of God. And when we were created, I believe he felt that we were a threat to him and his existence as the chief worshiper, as the chief angel in heaven. And so when he was cast down, his goal has been to pervert and destroy what God has created. Look at the world around us. He is being, he is very, very successful. Verse 28, then, and I'm going to begin to close here. Then God blessed them. The first thing God did for man was to bless him. Without the goodness of God's blessing, human life would be not only unbearable, but be impossible. Life is impossible without the blessings of God. Who else has tried to live on our own without the blessing of God, making our own decisions, doing our own things? But then once you finally submit and you say, God, whatever you want from me, and then God blesses you. It's unlike anything you can imagine. How many of you guys had plans? And God took your plans 
spun him on its head, threw him in the trash, and blessed you with something that was beyond what you could have think or imagined. Ephesians 3.20, beyond what we can ask or think. That's what God does. It says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion. God also gave man a job to do, to fulfill God's intention of, uh, of man's exercise of dominion over the earth. Inherent in this command is that man should be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Man cannot fulfill God's plan for him on the earth unless he populates it. And so, we, and so that's what we did. We populated the earth. Verse 31, God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. God's final analysis, create everything, set everything in motion, all of his creation, and he said it was very good. He was pleased with his creation. At the time, it was, it was entirely good. There was no death. There was no decay because he set it in motion. So my brothers and sisters, as I close this amazing chapter of the Bible, which quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, prior to me beginning the study for this soap, I've read Genesis 1-1 hundreds, perhaps thousands of times. But when you really get deep into it and you look at what God did, the amazing, just look around you. Look, look, look around you. Look at all the people on this call. God took the time to speak us into existence, to breathe the breath of life into us so that we can in turn worship him and we can be the fulfillment of his intended purpose on this planet. Don't discount your purpose on this earth because you are a part of this. We all came from Adam and Eve. The blessing continues. The blessing goes down the line all the way to each and every one of us. Don't think you're not important. Don't think that you don't matter to the kingdom because when God created the heavens and the earth, he thought about each and every one of you when he did it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we just thank you, Lord. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you for what you did for us, Lord God. We thank you for the blessings of creation, Father, that we get to live in what you created, what you spoke into existence, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that that we won't take the, the command to have dominion over this earth lightly, that we won't take this command as something that was supposed to have been done thousands of years ago, Lord Father. I pray, the Father, that wherever we step, that we will have dominion over. Wherever we step, Father, that we would be your, your ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven, Lord God, and that we would have dominion over our workplaces, Father. We would have dominion over our homes. We would have dominion wherever we go. And then when people see us, Father, they will see something different, Lord God. And whether they realize it or not, Lord, Lord, that they're seeing a reflection of you because we are, Father, Imago Dei. We have been created in your image and your likeness. So thank you, Lord. I praise you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen.